are live. Welcome to another episode of Tokenverse, the first one for this year, a podcast brought to you by FMFW Lio Exchange, where we discuss the latest ins and outs of our industry by interviewing seasoned leaders and bringing you meaningful and trustworthy conversations. Now, before we head into our episode, there is an important disclaimer that we need to share with you. As much as we love what we do in our industry, at the end of the day, crypto is risky and you can lose what you put in. We would like to mention that the content distributed through our podcast represents educational purposes only. It does not represent financial advice in any shape or form. Always do your research and stay safe out there. Now, before we get into our podcast, we would like to share a mobile app with you. Now it's easier than ever to stay in touch with your crypto. How easy? Pocket close easy. That's right. Our SMSW wallet allows you to stay connected with your crypto on the go, buy, stake, sell, and swap your crypto, and send crypto to your friends with zero transactions. You can download the app using the link in the description, and the app is available on both the App Store and the Google Play. And it's time to get into today's episode. It's a special episode. We are kicking off the year, and who else can join us to kick off the year than our own CEO, Danish Chaudhry? Danish, welcome to the show. Welcome. Pleasure, pleasure to be here, man. A pleasure to host you. Now, I would like to um, discuss with you a lot of things, a lot of things that happened last year, and I'm excited to sit down with you today and recap what has been an eventful year, not only for us, but for the whole industry as a whole. And mm -hmm. it would be great to start by introducing yourself to our listeners and to those in our community that may not know you yet. Great. Uh, well, my name is Dan Chaudhary. I am CEO and founder of uh, FMFW.io, uh, which stands for Free the Money, Free the World. Um, we started this exchange back in 2018, 2019 uh, as part of the Bitcoin.com family. So it used to be called Bitcoin.com Exchange. Uh, since then, we've rebranded. Um, figured, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's good to be uh, a standalone brand in the exchange landscape. Um, and yeah, we've been, we've been going strong ever since, and we've been growing on a daily basis. And so, you know, been through a lot last year, uh, and excited to see what 2023 brings for us. Absolutely. That makes two of us. And if you could also share, actually, I'm very curious to know how you have got into the crypto industry. So it would be interesting to see that side of story about your experience and what has attracted you to enter our industry and why not? You could share some of the key lessons that you have learned along the way. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, this goes back to 2009, 2010. Um, my background's in traditional finance. Um, so I used to be at a company called Ernst & Young before. Uh, and then after that, I used to uh, be at a company called BlockRock, which is a large asset manager. Um, was there for a number of years, um, and during that time, uh, you know, you kind of start looking at, um, what's new in the industry, what's coming around, what are, what are some fringe technologies, uh, that people are using. Um, and obviously, you know, Bitcoin came up, uh, as an early, early, uh, means of, means of transfer, transferring value. Um, and so, you know, started digging in 2009, bought my first Bitcoin in 2009, 2010, 
Um, you know, it's kind of like those days when Silk Road was still active. So I, I uh, you know, used it for uh, playing around with Silk Road. Um, you know, then we got Mount Gox and the whole thing. And, um, you know, it, it always uh, seemed like a novel idea, you know, before really delving deeper into it. And then, you know, I remember one day we were sitting on the trading floor and uh, obviously there's like a bunch of screens everywhere. Um, and on Bloomberg, it shows up that Bitcoin hit seventy dollars. I'm like, "What the hell just happened? How did it? How did it? How did Bitcoin just get mentioned on Bloomberg?" Um, and then, you know, that was shortly right before the rally to a thousand, and then you know, all sorts of stuff happened. So, uh, been interested since then. And then, you know, when you kind of start delving into what the technology can allow you to do, you kind of go down this rabbit hole. Um, you know, before there's Mastercoin and a few others, and and um, you know, did the ETH ICO and all that sort of stuff. And um, after I quit BlackRock, uh, we went into, I became an entrepreneur and started a payments um, company, specifically uh, doing remittances. And then we looked at, we worked with Ripple and a bunch of others. So we were like early adopters um, and uh, kind of really uh, uh, kind of delved into what the use cases of, of uh, crypto and blockchain could be and really got into it, got stuck in. Um, this is like pre-major ICO days sort of thing. So uh, nobody done an ICO, ICO at the time. Um, and yeah, been involved ever since then, had a couple of the businesses that we sold out of um, and then, you know, thought I'd start an exchange. That's amazing to hear um, your backstory and how way back you go with the industry itself. I'm curious because it seems like you've been surrounded by leaders in finance ever since you have started uh, your journey in crypto. Um, what was the conversation back then? What was the vibe around the early stage of what was about to become a new financial system? Well, I think it was, it's, um, uh, I think, you know, people hadn't heard about crypto as such. Um, and the few that did, didn't really think it would catch on. Um, people thought it would just be, you know, another fad, um, you know, people looking at, uh, uh, you know, it was, it, it's kind of like saying, you know, the gold and world of Warcraft will become a world currency one day. Right. And so people shrugged it off uh, in that sense. And um, I think over the course of the last few years, I think it's become a lot more, um, uh, welcoming, um, you know, it's, it's gotten a lot more simpler for people to understand and that's brought in, you know, new thinking and, and new ways of, of developing. And, um, I think the evolution of the space went from, you know, just hacker culture and, 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 um, you know, really, really nerdy culture to, you know, art, media, and all that sort of stuff, um, which kind of brings in attention from from institutions uh, in a positive way, rather than looking at it as a uh, as a threat. Um, even though you know Jamie Dimon's still still on stage saying it's a Ponzi and everything, but um, it's still interesting uh, to see people more like now. When I sit at a dinner table, people who aren't in the industry ask me all about it, um, whereas you know five years ago at the dinner table nobody would know anything and, and, you know, life would go on as if nothing existed sort of thing. So 
it's evolved quite a bit. There's definitely uh, progress made in awareness. And I'm curious because being surrounded by so much skepticism back then, what has made you stick with it and just follow the progress of uh, the industry itself? Um, I think the skepticism is what kind of fuels myself and a bunch of other founders anyway. Um, mm. You know, it's, it's, it becomes a, um, uh, a point to prove, basically. Um, you know, people who dedicate their lives to this industry or, or working in it, um, you know, kind of uh, make it their mission to make sure that it's not just vaporware and, and there's actual use cases around it. So I think, yeah, the skepticism is what actually kind of um, helped propagate the industry forward from the founders anyway. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, using, in a way, negativity to fuel the journey and the ambitions that you have. It's uh, quite an interesting road that not many take, but I do admire that and I have to respect that. Now, moving on and diving deeper into the exchange side, you know, we've been running strong for over three years. We are into our fourth year as an exchange and it's a milestone worth celebrating. Now, looking back, how do you feel about um, our exchange's journey and what are the mi milestones that made you feel really proud? Um, yeah, I think uh, the journey's been, been very interesting. Um, I think you really... Uh, uh, it's it's one of those one of those products that you know you're you're direct to the to the consumer and you don't realize how entrenched and, and how much you affect the person's life um uh when you know people are all up in my dms and telegram or wherever calling me a scammer or like you know if they're not happy with something if they put in a trade wrong it's it's you know uh it's not our fault, but yet it's my fault for, for making that happen sort of thing. Um, no, it's been interesting. I think uh, from a regulatory perspective, it's been fairly interesting. I think from a growth perspective, um, you know, having been through the ups and downs over the last year, uh, still standing, I think I'm super proud. Um, and I'm proud that we don't really, uh, we, we didn't partake in the activities that other exchanges and, and other institutional brokerages kind of did. Um, and uh, we always kind of keep a clean slate. Um, and so I'm super proud of that. And I'm proud that we weathered through the storm. Um, I think it's uh, onwards and upwards from here for us. Onwards and upwards for sure. Now, I'm curious, what has been the biggest challenge for you personally as a CEO of an exchange? Um, yeah, I think the, the, uh, I, I mean, it's, it's a challenge, but it's also like a positive challenge sort of thing. I mean, you know, when you're, when you're running an exchange that runs 24 seven, there is no, there's no downtime. Right. Um, I didn't have all this gray in my beard about three years ago. <laughs> so, and I had hair. Um, I think, you know, it's, uh, it's a challenge, but it's also a positive thing that, you know, you always have to be um, 
active alert online, uh, making sure your your security is up to date. We get we get so many attacks, you know, making sure security is, is and and everything is is up to date and keeping in line with what projects are doing, what the landscape is doing, um, amongst other things. I think it's uh, very important. And uh, yeah, th- those are those are challenges, but but positive challenges. I totally relate to that. Yeah, I mean, working as a marketing um, member already puts you in a position that you always have your marketing brain on. But then being involved with an exchange as well, it takes it to a whole different level. So there is no off switch. Exactly. Yeah. No, there isn't. Um, Which is a good thing, in my opinion, as well. Um, Now, one of our recent milestones and i would like to say one of the most important ones is the launch of our mobile app the smswio wallet um i think it would be great for our audience to learn more about it from you um how do you see the app helping our customers and how do you see the app serving our mission to help both hardcore traders and beginners alike um so so I prefer our app um it's a uh easy to use wallet uh which users can use to um you know swap uh buy and sell and send back and forth I think it's a it's a it's really important it's an important first step in our suite of products that we're also releasing um and it's this is like the beginner entry um product uh that I think people really enjoy current users will enjoy uh especially if you're like just a just a newbie coming in i mean i mean newbie is like first time entrant um and so once we take the learnings from this you know we've already got our full full blown trading app coming out so this is the first step in 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 many more things to come absolutely it's the first step and i can speak on behalf of our team that it's been a lot of work behind the scenes to make the mobile app available for our traders. And I do see how it's geared toward uh, beginners. And we have seen feedback from our beginner traders and they definitely found it very useful. Great. Um, Now, when it comes to events, I am behind the scenes with you and I know that you're always present on back-to-back industry events. I know that you are traveling the globe, uh, whether it's a keynote or a panel with other industry experts. Um, I think it would be great if you could share from your perspective, what has been the general um, sentiment at events last year and how do you expect this sentiment to change during this year? Well, I mean, like last year started out all hunky-dory and it was, it was all, you know, we're still going, everything's still going to the moon. Um, and then three arrows happened and then, you know, the summer happened and, um, Celsius and, you know, Sam scammed everyone. And, uh, there was a lot of, a lot of happenings last year. So it started out at a high and, you know, every conference was like, yeah, it's great. And then every panel and conference that I went to up until the end of last year was more like, is there a future for the industry? Right. So it turns very, very, turns south very, very quickly. Um, and so I think 
uh, people have seen that the industry is resilient and it's here to stay and that, you know, one person scamming $10 billion doesn't mean that, um, you know, we're, we're going to die. Uh, I think there's a lot more interest. I think it's, it's a moment, it's like our Lehman moment where, you know, uh, we'll come back stronger. Um, and I think that will be the theme of 2023 where, you know, there's, there are macroeconomic headwinds um, in terms of, you know, some people say we might go into a recession globally or whatever will happen. Um, even if it does, it's fine. Um, but I think the industry is still here to stay and people who are going to build are going to continue building. Absolutely. It's very interesting that um, the thoughts and the feelings have went in that extreme of doubting the future of the industry. I didn't think that it would be that extreme. Yeah, I know. Interesting, eh? Uh, what is one aspect that others have overlooked that uh, resulted in a negative impact on their business, especially to centralized exchanges? Um, what people have overlooked in yeah. terms of uh, how of centralized businesses? Yeah. Um, look, I'm all, I'm all a fan of... Uh, uh, decentralization and, 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 um, you know, your own funds, your own, um, yeah, your own keys, your own funds. Um, I think there, there does, we aren't at a stage where all of this is easily accessible by the average person. Um, that's why I think centralized services aren't evil. Um, and they provide a use case. Um, especially when people can't custody their own funds and know what the keys are. So I think until, until the whole UI UX of, of, uh, you know, self custody kind of gets better. I think centralized services are still, um, fairly useful. Um, I think from an exchange perspective, we offer trades that are, you know, we charge two, three bips, uh, a trade, um, at whatever tier you are, whereas, you know, on, on um, Uniswap, you'd be charged 50 bips, 1% almost sort of thing on a trade, uh, which when you do in size, you're quite frequent, you end up losing money. So yeah, I think there's still space for, for centralized players until efficiencies are, are gained in the decentralized space. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I do believe that a lot of, uh, especially beginner traders, they choose to use centralized exchanges as a way to learn, as a way to test the waters, and as a way to um, expand our horizons when it comes to the industry itself. Yep. Um, now, you have mentioned before the negative events that happened, especially FTX, and I'm curious, and I think it's important to highlight here how our exchange is different and why our community and our traders can be rest assured that their funds are in safe hands. Um, why our exchange is different? <laughs> um, uh, I guess, you know, um, I can go down a number, number of, uh, reasons. Um, but you know, we, uh, we come from a, uh, technology that's been around since 2012, 2013, um, and our custody has never been hacked. Um, so we're kind of uh, battle tested. Um, our treasury operations 
means that we don't really we have had to pay user funds. Um, in fact, they said in central treasury, uh, and never once have we kind of misappropriate funds, and we continue continue not to do so. Um, and our uptime is great. Um, you know, it's we're in a space where uh, I think there's a lot of fragmentation on the exchange side of things. Um, and so it's, the incremental differences are really small. Um, I think it's, it's more so, you know, trusting the team, um, trusting the tech. Uh, and I think, uh, we kind of pride ourselves in, uh, you know, really keeping, um, the customer, uh, be it a listing customer, uh, a project or being be it like our retail customer, uh, in the center of our operations and what we do. And, you know, we continue to build and, and continue to try and, uh, uh, make the product better for whoever uh, wants to work with us. Now, my next question is if you, as a leader in our industry, could you make one change that could impact the industry in a positive way? What would that change be in 2023? Um, I think, I think transparency is, uh, is the number one thing. Um, you know, we were saying this from, from the very beginning when I used to be in uh, traditional finance, uh, you know, we had to be very transparent, report on everything and anything that we do. Um, there's no ifs, buts and ands about anything. Um, it's just, uh, you know, you're very straightforward about what you're doing. Um, I think that those principles should be applied to our industry uh, if you want to grow. Like, you know, Celsius should have told people that we're, we're loaning out your assets. I mean, everybody knows the, bank's, the bank does it, but the bank also has to report it to the authorities. Um, you know, that's what our industry needs. Exchanges need to tell people like, hey, these are deposits. This, are, this is what assets on hand we have. Um, and, you know, uh, things like BlockFi and Voyager and that sort of thing. So... Uh, I think I would make transparency mandatory um, and let the user decide if they want to work with an industry or not. Like, it doesn't matter what the business model is. Um, I mean, it does, but it doesn't. Everybody does lending and borrowing and that sort of thing. Um, but I think you make it transparent so the, so the user knows um, and then they can make the decision about what they want to do. Um, I think a lot of businesses within our industry operate on smoke and mirrors. And I think that's what the downfall brought about the downfall for our industry last year, but hopefully, you know, um, going forward, people have learned a lesson uh, to that effect. Um, all right, so last but not least, Danish, um, what is your message to our loyal community of traders for this year? And what are some of the key trends that you predict taking the center of the stage? Um, I think, you know, outside of giving any financial advice, because none of this is financial advice, I think, we're uh, as an industry heading into a a bigger bigger time of uncertainty in terms of um, what is going to be the fallout of FTX, um, how the regular is going to respond to it. Um, you know, I think the time is uh, a lot. A lot of projects got hurt. Um, a lot of treasuries got wiped away. So I think. Uh, this is going to be the year where, uh, you know, builders are going to continue building. Um, and I think uh, people just need to keep bear that in mind that, you know, the industry is here to stay. Um, even though if we go into what people call a bear market, 
Um, you know, I think uh, everything's cyclical. Um, so when uh, you think that, you know, there's no, um, there's no bottom, um, surely there will be. Um, I think, yeah, it's uncertainty in terms of what governments and institutions are going to do, governments and regulators are going to do. Um, but I think whatever comes out of it uh, will still be positive for the growth of the industry uh, for years to come sort of thing. Yeah, we definitely need to believe in the good things coming and there's always the bright side. And I really like the fact that you mean to focus on that side, whether um, the industry throws at us um, curveballs and whether some of the players in the industry have not managed to keep the customers happy and trustworthy. I think we need to focus on building and I think we need to focus on our core values as an industry. All right, Danish, thank you so much for your time and for kicking off our 2023 podcast season with us. It's been an absolute pleasure hosting you. <clears throat> Thanks, Bogdan. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I think this will be uh, first of our episodes uh, for the year. Um, going forward, hopefully we'll, uh, you know, get a few founders, uh, partners on, uh, our, our podcasts and, um, you know, try and give our audience an insight into, uh, who they're working with, what they're doing, um, you know, which tokens we've listed and, and what's the basis behind them and so on and so forth. So yeah, I'm looking forward to, uh, doing these more often. Absolutely. Me too. And you heard uh, Danish, everyone. Make sure you hit the subscribe button because we have a lot more interesting guests and insightful conversations coming your way. We are glad that you are with us on our mission to free the money, free the world. Thanks a lot.